highlights would be, you know, customer success is is focused on, you know, recurring revenue and it's the life cycle, you know, life cycle management of the recurring revenue with a very large focus on the customer's desired outcomes, right? It's very customer oriented on their desired outcomes. Whereas customer care is reaction, calls or chats or emails us. It's not us proactively going to them. So it's a reactive, it's more about solving problems after they happened. Whereas on the flip side with customer success, it's being proactive, using data to avoid problems, right? Hello and welcome to CS No BS, your practical playbook for delivering net revenue retention, the holy grail of customer growth. Hosted by Jamie Bertese, COO and president of Tatango. Today's episode features an interview with Brent Cogswell, head of customer success at Schneider Electric. Schneider Electric's purpose is to empower all to make the most of our energy and resources, bridging progress and sustainability. Using metrics and data to drive continuous improvement, Brent's leadership has lifted both customer and employee satisfaction to all-time highs. In this episode, Brent breaks down the difference between customer success and customer support and shares how to harness data for a proactive approach to CS. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Don't get stuck waiting on a rigid, time-intensive build for your customer success software. Start right away and see immediate value with Tatango, the industry's only composable customer success platform. Enjoy a modular platform that enables easy iteration and optimization to drive predictable scale-up growth. Start for free at tatango.com. And now please enjoy this interview with Brent Cogswell, head of customer success at Schneider Electric. Brent, so great to have you. So fun to talk to you. Let's start by having you just tell us a little bit more about your scope of responsibilities at Schneider Electric. Yeah, sure. So at Schneider Electric, as I mentioned, I'm the head of customer success. So so what does that mean for, for Schneider Electric? So we are an industrial company that's sold products for many, many years and, and, and some services, but it's started to sell more and more services and uh, software wrapped around those services to enable them to be digital. And so we have a need to build a customer success process for our recurring services, which is a, a very growing segment of our portfolio. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So my role started about two years ago to to build out this customer success practice and to, uh, and I can talk a little bit more in a moment about that, but just to frame it up, my scope is directly responsible for our digital services and then acting as the consultant, if you will, in the company to to be the leader and the, uh, the, the person helping frame up what customer success looks like for all, all uh, recurring services. So just as like maybe just a bit more background for Schneider itself, can you tell people a little bit more about what does Schneider do? Yeah, sure. So Schneider Electric is uh, an energy management and, and automation company that helps uh, their customers be more efficient and you know, able to, to use energy the, the, the most efficiently way they can and sustainable. Uh, we as a company believe that energy is a basic human right that, that all humans should have access to. And we enable our customers to keep life you know, is on without, with, with the access to energy for everyone, everywhere, and at all times. 
Yeah, that's so great, right? This is not my typical conversation with people when I ask them about what their company does. Yeah. Doesn't typically They don't typically say, well, we're here to deliver energy to the world. I mean, it's amazing, the scope. Well, one of the things that's really cool that, that I like and that is very attractive with the company is that we're very um, green focused, right? It's not only our corporate colors, but it's also our view is that electricity is one of the, the most efficient vectors to helping decarbonize the world. And so we're really proud about being a, a big player in that, that, uh, that space and helping solve this, this or balancing this equation that, you know, the, the population is, is more than doubling in the next several years and the energy demand is growing. And so we're here to help balance that equation. And customer success, of course, is key. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, in part of that, and we'll get into it, is that these software-enabled services, what we call digital services, enable our customers to see how the equipment that we sell is performing. And that information and that telemetry allows them to not only monitor it themselves, but with the services, we can monitor it for them. And that's really the space of that we call digital services. You know, We call it the EcoStructure Advisor. And so EcoStructure is this mm-hmm. marketing name that we gave to, you know, to these products. And it is, you know, built with three state or three levels of this ecostructure stack. So the first layer is products, which are all the products that we've traditionally made, like circuit breakers, UPSs, switch gear, et cetera. And over the years, we've been making that equipment uh, IoT connectable or adding sensors so we can get telemetry off of that hardware layer. And then the middle layer is what we call edge layer, which is enabling our customers to you know, on-prem see and monitor and understand all that's going on with their uh, infrastructure. And then the third layer is apps and analytics, which is bringing that information into the cloud, which enables our customers to maybe use an app to see that on their phone. And uh, more importantly, us in terms of services that we can sell to them to give them monitoring services for all of their equipment and providing predictive analytics and recommendations on how they can improve their equipment, et cetera. Yeah. And so I guess the other question is really maybe just give a sense for how big the company is, how many customers you guys have, because I know your scope is enormous. It is huge. Yeah. So the company is a, is a large multinational company. Uh, revenues are over 30 billion euro. We operate in more than 150 countries. We have over 150,000 employees, hundreds of thousands of customers. The customers for these digital offers is lower. I mean, our vision is that all of our customers have an enabled, a digitally enabled service, but that's the segment that is uh, growing the fastest within our company. And, and, and one of the reasons I moved from my previous role, I know we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, to leading customer success is this is the exciting new growth area within our company. And my track record over the years has always been the guy who builds out new teams, transforms uh, elements of the company, et cetera. So I've taken those uh, experiences from previous roles into this current role to help lead this charge and first explain to people what customer success is and frame up uh, a playbook that we have to to uh, to you know define the building blocks within the company and then roll it out country by country to to start getting traction. Yeah, that's totally awesome. So you've been there, you know, about 30 years or something. You know, you've had this extensive career at Schneider. And of course, you, as you've just told us, you're like the mover and the shaker who really brings the new stuff in and so forth. It must have been difficult, though, to give us a little bit more of a flavor of your journey at the company. 
Well, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the company uh, Schneider is comprised of many acquisitions over the years. And my story at Schneider, for, for someone who's been there like I have, is no different. So I came into Schneider Electric through an acquisition. I started with a company named American Power Conversion right out of college. You know, I'm a classic engineer and, and, and went, got my MBA later on. And I went right into uh, like a technical sales uh, career path that then ended up being more of the manager of support and services and inside sales, you know, various teams over the years. And then when uh, when we were acquired by Schneider Electric, at that time, I was the director of what we call customer care, customer care center. You know, we have the abbreviation of CCC here at Schneider. And then right after we got acquired, you know, I started looking at this larger you know company that we're now part of. And one of the initiatives was one Schneider Electric. And so we wanted to blend together multiple teams that did the same function. So I took on the role of leading the customer care organization for all of North America, which is U.S., Canada, Mexico for Schneider, for all of Schneider portfolio. So it was great opportunity to blend teams that had grown up in silos in different companies and bringing together the processes, the people, and the technology to make that happen. That really was a launch pad for me to end up where I am today because that was yeah, I've always been in customer, uh, you know, facing teams, and that was really support services. You know, if you if you think it back then, we got involved with TSIA to benchmark how we're doing, and it really got me uh, focused on building out our digital experience. And so, in that role, it was it was customer care and tech support. But the biggest challenges we had is we had so many assisted support calls and emails coming in that we needed to find ways to solve our customers' problems, you know, or enable them to solve it themselves, right? So we really had a lot of focus on building out our self-help tools and our, um, you know, uh, you know, online, you know, communities. So customers could post a question and other customers would answer it for them, et cetera. And then also, if, if we couldn't solve it online, then I, I opened up teams in India and the Philippines to leverage low cost locations to, you know, for high volume, you know, low complexity type activities and send it over to, uh, to those locations. So I was in that role about five, six years and then uh, wanted to move into a, a role that, w- that was the growth area, which was about digital services. This is about four years ago, I moved into a transformation role for digital services. And I wanted to go into a global role. You know, I'd had some global experience because of the India and the Philippines experience, but not, you know, from a perimeter point of view. And I uh, moved into the role for transforming digital services. And at the time, really, f- this is where we got into that third layer of the ecostructure advisor of the apps and analytics. And we started talking about what are all the teams and, and operating model to support these advisors. And what teams do we need to do that? And I was using my background from running tech support to help set that up and help communicate them. And then so that was within about a couple of years. During all this time, yeah, I was part of TSIA and I was plugged into the, the, you know, the, the industry to start learning about customer success. And I, like many people at Schneider Electric, when I first heard of customer success, it seemed like a new buzzword for being customer focused, right? Because I, I I'd grown up in customer care and customer satisfaction, and and then I quickly learned that you know it was very different than what we were doing with with support services and and very reactive because. And I really want to ask you about that 
I really do. Because the thing, the thing about this that I was going to, you know, mention here is I see a lot of people who I talk to who think customer success and customer support are kind of the same thing, or they'll say they'll take their customer support organization or customer care organization, and they'll rebrand it customer success. And they'll say, oh yeah, we have customer success or we have a VP of customer success, et cetera. Um, so what's the difference? You know, what, what's, you've done both. So what is the difference? Yeah. Well, great question. Great question. Yeah, because we did that. When I was just leaving the customer care team and I was on this transformation, there was an effort to let's just call customer care and customer success. It's all kind of the same thing. And and so we we, we built out in our playbook a side-by-side explaining the difference. And so just some of the highlights would be, you know, customer success is is focused on, you know, recurring revenue and it's the life cycle. Uh, you know, you know, life cycle management of the recurring revenue with a very large focus on the customer's desired outcomes, right? It's very customer oriented on their desired outcomes. Whereas customer care is, is reaction, right? It's, you know, the customer calls or chats or emails us. It's not us proactively going to them. So it's a reactive. It's more about solving problems after they happened. Whereas on the flip side with customer success, it's being proactive using data to avoid problems, right? So it's moving from kind of this reactive mode to being proactively oriented around delivering the customer's outcomes. A lot of times people will use the term adoption, driving adoption. You know, we hear Tango talk about this as, as it pertains to driving adoption of success blocks, which we see consider to be like kind of those core success workflows. But the, you know, like a modular component of the success workflow. But uh, I do see people getting super confused about this term adoption, because even in the instance that we're talking about with Schneider, right, um, in some ways, adoption isn't really the exact correct word for what you're trying to do. It's really about delivering the customer outcome. Interesting. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the nitty gritty of customer success. Now that we've kind of set the stage for the where you came from, you know, you work for this big, huge, successful, you know, multinational corporation that's been around for a long time, wants to really improve people's lives. And even this company is adopting customer success and transforming to really see customer success as a key component of of what they of what they do to deliver for customers. So, as head of customer success at Schneider, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you and your team face? So, the biggest challenge that I face is is data, is getting data. And and, and again, because we're a large company, luckily we have Salesforce, which is one system for at least our pre-sales and opportunities. But when it comes to contracts and where, when we actually sell something to somebody, the way we're structured is it's very uh, uh, you know geographic. So we have each country has a country president, all the resources that support that geography report up into that, that geography. So they have their own P&L. So unlike a typical SaaS company that might have a global team that supports all their global customers, and when they sell, they have one system and one subscription system so they can easily run those reports. So the biggest challenge that I've had is getting my arms around all the data globally for each of our offers. Because the different offers that we have, sure, they're all called EcoStructure. But that was just a marketing label that all of the lines of businesses put on their product. Behind the scenes, you look under the covers and it's completely different platforms built on different systems. And so, and, and each of them have their own list of customers spelled differently 
even if it's the same customer. So the challenge we've had is imagine there's these silos of all these different databases, and we need to get our arms around understanding who's connected, and then also are they getting what they paid for? So the challenge is data, because data, in my mind, drives the practice. The next level it was we needed some kind of a tool or some system to bring that data together. And I know this is a plug, but yes, we used Tatango to, to do that. And uh, when I first started in my role, because you know, again, since Schneider's such a big company, we had been selling, or parts of our company have been selling software for years. So the first thing I did was I built what's called, we call a network of excellence. So I brought together, it's up to about 30 people. We meet every month and it's basically a, a network of people that we bring together to, to analyze you know, and, and share practices within our company and also bring other people in to share practices to our company. This is the thing, uh, I think you spoke at it uh, a year ago. Yes. We've had Salesforce. Yes, I was delighted to have the opportunity. Yeah, we've had Salesforce, mm -hmm. we've had a, bu a bunch of other com companies, TSIA, et cetera, come share. And this is really, first we learn, and then we, we use this as I'm, I'm training and kind of educating all the execs and all the leaders within my company. And um, in, back several years ago, what we found is one of our divisions, our secure power software team, who's been selling software, has a mature model of, of, of software as a service and software on-prem, had, had brought into Tango several years prior to solve their problem of, of uh, you know, to manage this, this life cycle uh, of customer success. So it was great that we, we had a nugget of, you know, bright light within our company to, that, that was leading the pack. So we quickly jumped on their coattails and leveraged the Tango, as you know, to bring in these other digital offers that were off in these silos. So previously, believe it or not, when I would go to a country and we talk about how are you growing your digital services, they would all have a spreadsheet. Their spreadsheet would show their list of their book of customers from the different platforms. I know it's mind boggling, uh, the spreadsheets. That people yeah, are, so it that sounds people... like you're aware of that. So we had <laughs> yeah. literally, we had spreadsheets. So I know it's it's much more than this, but our first you know ambition with Tatango was to get rid of the spreadsheets, right? Yes. Bring in the data, and uh, and we were able to you know feed that data in, and we we refresh it daily now, and so it's a lot lot better to have a single pane of glass for our customers to be able to see all uh, that's going on in their perimeter. Mm -hmm. I mean, our, their, not only our customers, but our CSMs rather within these geographies. So if I'm in Thailand, I can now go into Tatango and I can see all of my digital customers in one place. That was definitely a key element for us to, to enable our CSMs in the countries that were, were, you know, that were rolling CSMs out to have a single tool that allows them to get visibility and not only visibility, but data that refreshes real time directly from the digital platforms. And then um, we're in our, you know, we're continuously evolving in terms of the health scores, but defining health scores that um, trigger based on different events. And, and the analogy I use, I don't know if, you, if you've heard it you know, referred this way, is I, I refer to Tatango as it's like the dashboard of your automobile, right? So there's certain lights that come on or indicators. So when, when, when our CSMs are looking at Tatango, it, it brings to their attention something that they may need to dig into and take action on. And then that's how we use it. And we're, we're trying to bring in more indicators and more lights so we can you know, light up the Christmas tree, if you will, of, of different indicators. But that's the evolution. And you know, we're going to get there over time. But that's, that's the direction we've been going. 
Yeah. And then I think the natural next step seems like it would be building in some, maybe some automation based on an indicator, right? Triggering this kind of thing to try and give people back time in the day. Because I guess the consistent thing I hear from really everyone I talk to is every single employee is being asked to do more with less these days, right? No one has enough resource because of the world we live in, you know, just the increasing number of customers, expectations, and yet less resource. Absolutely. So we do, as as you know, we use a lot of the campaign function and, and many of those are triggered by, you know, first we have the, the customer journey, but different events can occur. So an example of one is, you know, the way our our connected devices send their information back to us is something called a gateway. So if that gateway goes offline, then we have a workflow that kicks in that immediately sends information, you know, through a campaign to the customer with a pre-defined you know, email that has information about, you know, like self-help documents for them to figure out how to solve and you know correct the issue on their side. And then we we have a timer, and if it if it's not resolved in a day, then it, then it goes to the CSM who may you know engage or you know confirm in other ways you know how they can get them connected. And then again, if it escalates you know another seven days, then we it goes to another group of people to make sure that we can get that connection back. Yeah, so I guess this is an example of what we were talking about before, which is like the proactivity versus waiting for that customer to be dissatisfied and kind of coming to you with the problem. Absolutely correct. Yeah, it's sensing, yeah. it's seeing something now that, and then we can take you know immediate action. We, we we first try to empower the customer through like a tech touch approach to hey heads up, this is going on. This is how you can solve it, and then we want to you know offer some assistance you know at, at the appropriate time depending on the level of customer. What do you think have been the keys to your success? With you know whether that's you as the leader of customer success at Schneider, very impressive position and job or just, you know, trying to make forward progress every single day. To be successful in my role, what it first had to do is, is build a clear charter of what we're trying to do. And, um, and, and again, with my experience of, of bringing, you know, driving transformations and bringing teams together, it started with building that network of excellence. So you, you, you really have your, your network of specialists within the company and also the network of people like TSIA and others external that can bring in the you know the credibility, if you will, from outside the company. So the first thing I had to do was really define our charter and uh, and define you know a, a clear vision or description of what the role is. And as I mentioned, build that side by side slide of how is it different from customer support, how is it different than inside sales, and then I went on a roadshow. I I I went and met the different leaders around the company, and this was no different than my previous role. You know when I when I was you know, uh, bringing together all the support organizations, they didn't just say, uh, hey, you know, all these teams now report to you, Brent. It was go down to Mexico and convince the country president that they should give you all their teams, right? So you go down there and have to explain the synergy and how it's all going to work. And this was really no different. It was going and, and working with the different countries so my role is, is as a global process owner. So the way we're structured is, again, the, the CSMs report into the country. So I, we, we didn't boil the ocean. We started with the, the, the top five to seven countries that represented the largest you know, um, you know, share of our digital services. In myself, as well as for some of the other functions like digital sales and, and marketing, and, 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 and we had several different work streams. So I led the one for customer success. And it was going to them with a compelling story of an expl- explanation of what customer success is. 
And we've been very successful, so much so that we now have people coming out of the woodwork, like wanting CSMs for, we want it for digital grid and some of these other digital offers that haven't been in our you know initial perimeter, which is great. Plus the view that it's not only for digital offers, we want all recurring services, you know, even for the traditional services for installed based services where we roll a truck to, to do preventive maintenance. We ultimately is now within our vision that we want uh, customer success or CSMs in all the countries for all recurring contracts, which is the way it should be. But we're leading with digital. We're leading with digital because we have the telemetry and the information to add the most value throughout the life cycle. Right. So if I clarify, what you're saying is that for your recurring revenue contracts at Schneider's, some are digital and some are not. That is correct. And so you started with the CS practice on the digital and now the others are all coming to you saying, hey, can we get some CS help or some CS workloads going on some of these other things too? That is correct. So that so the end. So today it's mainly focused on digital. Yeah. But in the future, if you, and even if we you know platformed our accounts into the triangle of you know high touch, medium touch, and tech touch. Yeah. Most of our high touch is you know strategically is, is is are the digital customers, right? So they mostly are up there. But Apple, I was on a call with you know with Apple, you know our support, you know CSM for for Apple. And, and yeah, we want to now expand it from just the digital CSM to all recurring contracts. And that that's a whole other scope, but we got to bake that in because from a customer's point of view, they want one CSM, customer success manager. They don't want to talk to, oh, it's this offer. I'm going to talk to this CSM. It's that offer. I need to talk to this different you know, other person. So we, we see that and know that. We're not there yet, but that's that's the vision of where we want to go. Right. And I think that this is very true for a large corporation who has, you know, many, many uh, products and uh, BUs selling to the same customer that they they often uh, run into this issue where the customers really just wants to have, you know, kind of a unified customer experience as opposed to this jointed, disjointed experience that they're having because, you know, BU number one has chosen to do it one way, BU number two or product number two has chosen to do it another way. And then the customer is, you know, not really sure you know, kind of how to move forward with things. Yeah. Interesting. So what about mistakes? I mean, sure, this has not been super, super simple and, uh, you know, uh, without its moments of frustration and so forth. So what mistakes did you make along the way here? What have you learned? What advice might you have? I've made lots of mistakes. And, and, and one one mantra we have here at Schneider is fail fast. So if, if you're going to fail, which you likely will in many aspects, you do it quickly, identify it fast and, and turn it around. So, so one of the areas that I would say was a mistake of mine is not ramping up like a CSM operations team or in, in resources to support me getting this data. Yes, otherwise known as customer success operations for those who are yes, less familiar. Yep, that's go ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. Customer success operations is, is still critical for me, right? I need to, you know, I'm, I'm doubling the size of our team and we need more people because like I said, data drives the practice. And if I don't have the data, I don't, I don't have the practice, you know, I don't have, I don't have, you know, the fuel for, for the tool to light up and share with us all the insights and data that it needs. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably the, the biggest one is, is that the other thing would be just bite it off in small pieces, right? Because we we're such a large company. We have so many different focuses, just keeping it, uh, keeping a narrow focus of certain offers that we're rolling into uh, to Tango you know, we brought in, you know, several offers already and we have one going on now. You know, it's a balance between throw it in quick just to kind of check the box, 
but then it's kind of jumbled into tango like we need to then clean up exactly which are the key what's the key info and which data do we need and we already have our team focused on the next offer so so we've got to do a little bit better job i think of, of of fully defining exactly what we want and and cleaning it up versus just kind of you know do it quick right so yeah, totally. And so, Grant, can you say a little bit more when you what you mean when you say offer? So we've brought an offer in, and we're going to bring another offer in. What do you mean by offer? Uh, so in in Tatango, you know, we would bring in it as a different product customer. So it might be the same customer, like I used at Apple earlier. So we mm-hmm. we have different um, solutions that we sell. So just the name one, we have EcoStructure, you know, Asset Advisor for Electrical Distribution. That that's what we call an offer, and 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 if it is sold into Apple, they would be uh, an Apple, you know, customer. Uh, but the pro the, the the customer type would be product, and and the product name would be EAA, you know, Secure Power. Right. And then uh, we have one for electrical distribution, and and each of those offers, it may even sound the same. Like I mentioned, our marketing team did a great job with EcoStructure, but the reality is each of those offers are digital solution. So it's it's basically a, an advisor for your electrical infrastructure. The other one is an advisor for your UPSs and your data center stuff. Right. So that's why I'm calling them offers. And the data comes from a completely different system, right? Because each of them were built in different parts of the company. Right. And the, the systems don't talk to each other. And how hard has it been to get the data? And once you identified the data, was it like a Herculean task to bring, you know, do big integration projects to bring this stuff in? Did you, you know, what did you need to make that happen? It, it, uh, uh, so getting it into Tatango is easy. It's getting it out of the source system and organizing it. And what I mean by organizing it, the biggest point that I would say about organizing is that we first brought them in in their own little box, right? And then, uh, and that, that's how the, the system was when I started two years ago, it was already brought in. We brought in one other just to get it done. This is kind of back to my mistake. We brought it in just to get it done quick, but we didn't, we didn't rationalize whether the customers were the same or not. Now that we're getting into uh, you know, more and more offers that are from other databases, we are doing a much better job of rationalizing the customer base against what we have in Salesforce, because Salesforce is our system of record of what we have for a customer. So we've created fields into Tango that give us the Salesforce account ID. And if we don't have that, we're gonna manually update that. And then that's the ID that we use to join at the customer level. So they may have one customer, one site. I wanna see if there's three products sold at that one site, I wanna see them nested into Tango under one site. Yeah. So there's ways for you to bring this all in and have it kind of make sense to the team. And as you build out the workflows and, you know, really the uh, onboarding program or the, you know, risk programs or the health scores or all these other things that you guys are doing um, in a way that makes that makes sense. And you can kind of keep track of it. I think the the CS operations thing, even for us here at Tango, is the same. We have two resources that we have dedicated to CS ops, and they spend all their time really working with the team to build the campaigns and to build the success blocks and to make sure the team has everything that they need and to be, you know, productive, up and running, and that kind of proactivity is, you know, happening really as we've kind of built out the customer journey and we continue to refine and kind of iterate 
against it. So maybe speak to that a little bit more. You know, how hard is it for you to change things? Do you find that you're still kind of in the early stages or are you continually, you know, optimizing or, you know, what's what's going on? So the answer is we, I, I always refer to it, it's, it's a journey and not an event. So we are constantly changing and adopting things. We are, I love the, uh, the aspect of Tango being composable because we have different maturity levels within our own company. So as I mentioned, for product A, we might have a different customer journey because of the, the maturity and the amount of uh, digital tech touch campaigns, et cetera, as you know, for our, our secure power software teams and their associated offers that are different than some of these other digital offers, which it may be less tech touch because it's much more about um, the predictive report and making sure our CSMs engage on a monthly or quarterly basis, depending on the frequency of you know what we put in their success plan to make sure that we deliver all the aspects so the customer sees value, right? So, so the the, the outcome is slightly different by each of these offers. So we're, we're leveraging that flexibility of configuring and composing and, and, and the Tango to help us do that. And no, we're not done. It's, it's an it's a ever-evolving uh, journey that, like I said, because of um, limited CS you know, ops people, I'd like to step it up. And every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, we got to continue to improve this or and, you know, uh, you know, you make the system a little bit better. Yeah. So what do you think, like, what's your dream state? What would be amazing in your mind if you were able to achieve it? So my dream state is that, that, that we have one system that we can drive all customer success for Schneider Electric off that out of. So that means not only our digital offers that have these various sources where the data is coming in, but it includes our, our standard field service recurring contracts that the, all that data right now is in Salesforce. So there's been some internal discussions about, well, why don't we just use Salesforce for, for managing those types of contracts? But the answer is, the real answer is that we need one system for all customer success. And the vision also is that all contracts have some element of digital. Like we want to overlay this digital component because that's really you know, the value creation center and the moneymaker, if you want to say it, uh, where we add the most, you know, impact for our customers to gain visibility and go from a recurring contract where we're just guessing that something's wrong. So we have to go and do schedule maintenance. Why don't we have a digital service where we can use that data and see real time how the health of all your assets are and use that data to predict when you need service. Instead of just go out four times a year because we're guessing that you need support, how about we cut that in half, sell you a digital service, and then use more of the telemetry and information that we're getting to go out as needed and improve the service. And improve the service for the customers, right? Because who doesn't want that? No one wants people you know, visiting on site and all that that they don't really have to have. They don't want to deal with that either. So oh, exactly. it's way it'd be, better from a customer point of view. Well, it'd be like with your furnace, right? You, you buy a contract and they show up to once a year just because it's once a year. If somehow there was a service that said, hey, if we monitored your, the health of your furnace for you, for a whatever year program, and then we're only going to show up, you know, right before something yeah. breaks. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and so do you feel like there's a shared vision in the company to make that happen, or do you feel like you still have work to do culturally to bring people along? 
Well, the uh, I, I believe I have. I mean, there's been recent discussions on this that I've shared with you, and so I believe that we are now getting the uh, the buy-in internal to the company. You know, our our IT group and our, our Schneider Digital. There were some concerns about the ability for Tatango to to connect and 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 consume information out of Salesforce. That's been put to bed. We've gotten two thumbs up in terms of that that capability. So that is not a, an issue. And um, because we're really coming out of this first few, a year and a half was to use this Tatango setup that was already in our company. Let's pilot it by bringing in some other offers. And now we're at this phase that's internally being called scale up. You know, are we ready to scale up with Tatango or should we look somewhere else? And the, and the answer, you know, I've got the preliminary answer already is that it's, it's a green light. Let's scale up with Tatango versus, you know, start over. And, and a lot of it has to do with the the ability and the capabilities that we've seen in Tatango and the fact that, you know, the ease of integration of all the data sources that we already have. Yeah. Because Salesforce is only one of many places that we get information to drive our customer success practice. Yeah, Important, exactly. Nonetheless, but, but not the only place. Yeah. And many of our large customers in particular, when they bring all the data into Tango, it's the first time they've actually had all this data in the same place. So they've never actually had this view of their customer that they for the first time have. And then they can now start to build out those those success blocks against that. And so that's, I think, uh, really kind of uh, an exciting time for people. People usually get pretty jazzed up about that when they start to see that for the first time. And when I've shown, you know, shown people, uh, and again, when I go to different, you know, we now have expanded from those first seven to eight customer, you know, countries to now we're up to 20 different countries. It's very easy when I show people because because we have global, you know, every, if they have a digital customer, I can show yeah. them already into Tango where it is. And they're blown away with, oh, great. It's all in one place. I can see what's going on. I can see how many alarms they got, you know, whether the gateway's online, et cetera. So the visibility is is key. And so and, and we have additional offers that are in the pipeline that already have, you know, the message has been heard loud and clear that we need customer success to help you know, ensure that that our recurring services are delivered and we show the value and we, you know, ultimately it's it's net, you know, RR, right? So we want to, you know, not only retain those those customers, but during their life cycle, focus on the expansion and, and, and you know, and growth within that account to be able to grow our, our you know, recurring business. Yeah, it's totally great. Okay, so we're going to switch gears for a second. I'm going to ask you about some totally other stuff, okay? So no let me ask one more CS question before we move on. What do you think is the biggest BS in CS? What's the thing that, that you think like, oh, come on, this is ridiculous? Uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I guess I'd go back to people's lack of understanding what customer success is. Again, there's there's people still in our company, you know, that would probably initially... When I explain it to them, they get it, but it's this whole difference between customer care and 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 customer success. And, and I come with a unique background because I was that guy. I, I built and ran most of those teams, right? And, and and everyone in the global team knows us, you know, knows me personally about that. So so from a credibility point of view, it, it was very easy to help explain that. One one thing I didn't bring up, which I think is critical, and, and maybe mm-hmm. this is true with other companies, is that. In our job codes, like when you're hiring somebody, we have this, you know, internal book of job codes that, you know, it's kind of predefined. One of the things I did in my first year in in the job is I helped define job codes specific to customer success. 
because the CSMs that were that were already called CSMs, they were using like tech support job codes or inside sales job codes. There was no home for them. Like there were orphans when it came to our HR systems right. of what job codes, because the job code comes attached to its competencies, which were dialed into those other functions, right? So we got to dial those into what we want for customer success. Yeah. And then we also built a training curriculum that's associated to, you know, building upon all those competencies. And so that's something that we, we built out. So when we go to a country and talk about, here's what you need, and then we also show them, here's who you need. And oh, by the way, it's all set up in the HR systems. You know, everyone's going to know what you're talking about when you're trying to hire this person. And oh, by the way, when you hire them, you know, uh, here's you got to enroll them in this training program that we put together and, and they can get started. How long is the training program? It sounds great. Well, it took us a while to put it together and it's not perfect, but it, mm-hmm. it's a six month program where, you know, it, we have four parts. The first one is more skills based, based on the skills and the the people skills, the account management skills, like the different types of things that we believe are important for, for our CSMs. And then the second module, which is also mandatory, is, is a summary of all the different ecostructure digital offers that we have, because we want them to be aware of everything. Even if they maybe grown up in one part of the company and only know about one offer, we want them to be aware of all of our offers. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Okay, so what's something you've read, watched, or listened to recently that you can't let go? I always like looking at you know YouTube videos, and one of the things I was looking at recently that that, that blew me away is yeah you know, I'm always checking up on uh, on on SpaceX and you know what they have going on with uh, with Starship and how it compares to the SLS. You know why I can't let that go is. I'm really happy that they got involved in that industry because you see the efficiencies that they've been able to accomplish with what Starship can do or or is supposed to be able to do, right? And 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 they've proven that with the Falcon and these other rockets compared to what NASA has traditionally done, right? So think of the millions right. of dollars that like we just shoot these things up and they fall in the ocean, right? And that's what they're planning on doing with this, you know, you know, space launch system, right? So we're gonna, it's like twenty-two billion dollars. I was reading this thing, you know, they're gonna shoot it up and yay, it got into orbit, and it just like crashes, <laughs> you know. Oh my god! So uh, it, it just makes me think that you know, someone, Elon, you know, went into an industry that was that, 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 that he disrupted and drove complete like efficiency and 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 just change which reinvigorated like the, the, you know, like my kids and others are excited about space again. When I was a little kid, I remember we're all psyched about space and it kind of like dwindled out and fizzled. And he's kind of brought that back for everybody, which I think is cool. So if you weren't working at your current company or in CS at Schneider or NCS, what would you be doing? Would you be in space? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be in space. I would be on my boat. So uh, I live in Rhode Island and, uh, you know, we have, uh, a Sea Ray Sedan Bridge, you know, which is basically it's our condo on the water. So we love spending time there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love that, those Sea Rays. Yeah. Yes. So you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So we um, mm-hmm. we just got back from a you know, island in Martha's Vineyard, and and one of the things that that one of our friends are doing with which is on my my uh, you know my list is to do what's called the Great Loop. So it, it basically is going up the Hudson River through the Erie Canal, through the Great Lakes, down through Chicago and the Mississippi, etc all the way around Florida. And and that's what a lot of our friends or you know one couple that has already started it that we'd like to do someday. All right? That's something that, that would Wow. Be cool. Yeah. 
That'd be fun. Hopefully in the summer, so you're not freezing. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> I think if you're going to do the Great Lakes, it has to be, there's only like two months. Yes, no year. ice. Yeah. Yes. No ice. Yes. All yeah. right. Okay. Last question. What advice would you give someone starting out in your role today? And I bet you do. Knowing you, I'm sure you meet with people who are just joining the company and give them advice. So what advice do you have for the newbies? Well, uh, it, the newbies, I would say, is you know, especially for customer success, is is get plugged into the industry and get plugged in with a network of people within our own company that that have been there and done that. This is an exciting place to be. You know, the new members of my team, I congratulate them for joining. You know, the best team within our company, right? I, I truly believe that. I'm not just trying to give a sales pitch. Is that I want to be in the part of our company when our CEO gets up on the stage and talks about the future of our own company. It's about services enabled with digital because that's the element that's growing twice faster than the rest of the company. So I'd rather be the tip of the arrow and be the team that's enabling that fast growth of all of our recurring services. And, and I welcome people that, that, that are joining me in my, in my role, in my functions here in Schneider and, and excited to be part of this community. Awesome. All right, Brent, thanks so much. Totally appreciate it. All right, cool. All right, thank you. That's it for this week's episode of CS No BS with your host, Jamie Bertese. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating or review and tell a friend. This podcast was created by the team at Tatango. Design and run best-in-class customer journeys with no-code visual software that delivers immediate value, easy iteration and optimization, and predictable scale-up growth. Join over 5,000 customers from startups to fast-growing enterprises using the industry's only composable customer success platform. Start for free at tatango.com.